<laughs> Silverback Chronicles Podcast. It's your boy Big H. I got my brother Drake. Yo, que lo que, que lo What's good? Fly. Everything good? Chilling. You? Man. Listen, I'm living. What's that? What's up? That is it. Triple C. Yo. What's good, baby? Maintaining the chilling, bro. Always. My peoples, we proud of you. Thank you for tuning in again another week. Listen, we got a special guest for you tonight. This man is legendary. True legend. From New York to Puerto Rico. From singing, dancing. I mean, you name it, he did it. He worked with legends. He's a legend himself. Listen, I'm not going to say nothing else. I'm going to let this king come up, talk the way he talked. I appreciate him coming out. The OG in the game. With no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eddie Ned is in the building. In the building. Okay, What's Poppy. Up, Pops? I, I, how, how you guys? This looks, <laughs> this looks great. This looks great. I'm excited. And uh, how, how does it feel it to could, be on a podcast? Like, Because I know back then. Well, was, eventually, uh, uh, this is like, uh, wow. It's, it's great. It's just, you know, it's the... The ability to just you know kind of share, share, share information and share all those special moments that uh, they just come up. It's it's like on the spot mm-hmm. that you don't see them uh, on on on, on uh, news or whatever because there's a lot of things that go behind scenes that are uh, involved with 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 the way people feel about uh, music and other and other events. And uh, eventually, it's just it's just great. I mean, it's just on the spot. What better? And, and I'm I'm gonna just do this. What better than a party, like, without being planned? Absolutely. Which I I used to, and I won't take uh, you know the time on you on this. But think about it. One, two persons. Okay, so and so so so. I've been to so many. All of a sudden, there's about a hundred people in the house, and you don't know one. How do you get here? Says, well, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't have a chance to send invitations. <laughs> you know but what I mean? But while you're here, have a good time. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Music, music is music is universal, as you know. And since like the, uh, I would say, uh, hey, uh, folks that. Enjoy music from twenties, thirties, forties. The it, the changes have been so 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 different, and for some people, some the people is is that uh, how could they how could they just go about it? But they love it. They love it. Some people adjust to it, and some people just don't adjust to it. And we'll That's find it. out. That's and the we'll way. Find out. So yeah. before we get into it, please tell the world where you from, born and raised, for people that don't know you. Well, I was born in Manhattan. New York, Manhattan, uh, and I just grew up in the, uh, I would say the our barrio, and uh, uh, now 96th Street down to about 125th Street in the, in the 60s, in the 60s, and that's where they had our number of, of, of uh, uh, musical uh, climates. I would say climates because everybody had their own different approach to it. But I believe, this is me, don't quote me on this. I believe it was like more into the romantic era. I'm just going to mention one person, one group at that time that was great because I used to listen to them all the time on Cosm Bruzi FM and uh, the uh, Four Seasons. Four Seasons were great. Beach Boys, 
but more or less in the area, because it used to vary, in the area of, of uh, uh, Manhattan, it was like the Four Seasons. And then you have the Four Tops, then you have the Temptations, mm. okay? You have Martin de Vandalis, you have James Brown, and other groups, and then it just kept on uh, moving up to other areas in the 60s, 70s, and things changed automatically. So during that time, what was music for you as you got, as you grown up and you saw the different kind of artists and the different kind of genres? During that time, the 60s, 70s, what was music? What was, what was it based off of like love and harmony? What was it like for you in that period? Uh, I would say it was like uh, everything was based on, on, on uh, love. I would say it was love. I would say it was love. Uh, but the thing is that after a while, things started changing a bit because then Latin rhythms, Brazilian rhythms, especially Brazilian rhythms, started rhythms that nobody were aware of, uh, started getting introduced in the area. For example, what better than the look of love? Sergio Mendes. Why not? You said Sergio Mendes? Sergio Mendes mm. in the 70s. Everybody was shocked. Sergio Mendes, Herb Arpert. Was that played on the radio? Like, how'd you hear Yeah, it, it was on the radio. It oh, was on the radio. radio played it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There were no, no, uh, I won't mention uh, the other uh, devices, but at that time, it's either you have AM or FM. Mm. And AM was great. We're talking about uh, AM 550, AM 570 stations. But... Uh, Sergio Mendes, he kind of opened that gap to like more or less the international, the look of love, and then in the samba, people didn't know what the samba was. And then it went out, uh, Sergio Mendes came to the United States, introduced... Where was he what, from? What, Brazil. Okay. Yeah, he came in and he introduced what the samba was, which was like actually in the other side of the world. People loved it. So after that, it's just kind of now. Now you have the music that is played in the United States, basically in the East, the West, more or less, uh, uh, into Southern rock, rock, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, now you mix the music that was played in the East, which more like rock folk type music, and you mix it with uh, zamba, and then what happens? And what happens? Now you have that Latino sound, mm. the Latino sound, which started emerging in the West Coast, really? which uh, a, a fellow, a fellow by the name of Carlos Santana. Mm. Okay, now we're talking about. How we we're, talking? We're still in the seventies, Woodstock. It was great, Carlos Santana, evil woman, etc. And he he just he just. He just broke out, and it was like a, an explosion. Carlos Santana said, where do, where do they get these rhythms from? And they started moving, and then uh, a couple of other groups came out, Amalo, uh, and uh, I can remember exactly. They were like, oh, oh, wow, just 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 great, great. And they just moved. They just moved. But this is uh, the 70s as far as... Uh, the music that was involved, it's like a, it's like a knit, 
and look between that. Like they were waiting to happen. Now people are just waiting, okay, what's going to happen next? So it's like underground. Yes. Very underground. Yes, yes, yes. And then we still have, we still have uh, uh, other music. Other music, like Country Join the Fish. Mm-hmm. We have Joe Cocker's. We have we have the uh, music from uh, the English, which was the English Revolution at the time. Uh, Rolling Stones, Zeppelin. We have uh, uh, Hermes Floyd. Hermits, uh, Pink Floyd, right? Pink Floyd. All these groups that come from from uh, the, on the English side. Oh, the Beatles. The Beatles. Now they were like the first, uh, uh, and they were they were great. They were great. These guys were great. So what happens? United States says, wait a minute, wait a minute. we got to do something about this. So then they got Santana, and then you have other groups in the uh, uh, eastern area. But this is a good thing about this, that as uh, everybody evolves, uh, United States has been known for most in, uh, uh, in this part of of working out with, with, with uh, uh, diversity as far as music is concerned. So jazz comes in. Jazz comes in. Then you have uh, groups like uh, uh, Return to Forever in the 1970s. Mm. It's the Chick Corea, which I knew personally, beautiful Chick Corea. Uh, and Chick Corea's got that sound. It's a melodic, melodic jazz sound. So in Chick Corea is a Chick, Chick Corea. Is a type of jazz? It's jazz. Jazz Chick Corea. It's jazz, and uh, it, it, it all came, it, it's like, a, a, it's knitted. It's, it's a breakdown of, like, at that time, uh, Elvin Jones, Wes Montgomery, uh, Dave Brubeck, but the thing is that it starts escalating, escalating more into a mix of not only jazz, which is avant-garde, and it's freeform. Jazz is freeform. You have a number? For example, Thelonious Monk, there's a number that is famous, which is famous around the world. It's called Round by Midnight. We've heard it a number of places. Some people don't even know it, but they say, I heard that before. What happens? This number continues to evolve, and then what uh, uh, Returns to Forever does is that it creates this accelerated rock sort of movement around it. It's like, uh, I would say, uh, progressive jazz. Like evolves. Progressive jazz. Progressive jazz. So you have all these uh, uh, movements going on, and it's great. And if you're here to uh, return to forever, you say to yourself, wait a minute, what is this all about? Where is this going? To the point that return to forever was so, so, influenced that to the the, the, the the public that they were open up for groups like The Who, uh, Pink Floyd, uh, Journey. They were great. They were just great. But this is still the 70s, though. Now, what did music do for you to make you want to get started into it? Yeah, that's a great question. Like, how do you... What developed the passion for you to be like, you know what, I want to get started in music? And did you play instruments? What got you into it? What was where did the passion come from in reference to music? And what made you want to go in wholeheartedly? 
Well, eventually, uh, I guess it was my, my, my parents, my parents, especially my father, my father, my father. And I'm going to mention... Because uh, your background, you're what, Puerto Rican? Uh, yes, I am Puerto Rican. <laughs> yes, I'm Puerto Rican, 100%. Uh, the thing is that uh, back in the... Now we're going to go back a little bit. Just real quick, back in the 40s, uh, their uh, groups were basically trios. Trios that used to play uh, music from Puerto Rico and mostly mostly were ballads, ballads, uh, romantic ballads. And then we have guys like Rafael Hernandez, Bobby Capo, uh, Marco Antonio Muñiz, uh, uh, especially Rafael Hernandez. And a lot of these numbers were actually uh, connected to uh, Puerto Rico, how the island developed itself, and the love stories of the island. Mm. But there were trios, three guitars. First, uh, and they just continue on for a while. And then from the trios, uh, they started the small uh, uh, orchestras, small orchestras, four sax, three three trump three trumpets, and in the hotels in an area uh, San Juan, which is Puerto Rico, uh, for the tourists. And but still, still to this day, to this day they still have the trio because they're very melodic and very and very uh, 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 how should I say uh, known because they're like. Part of the history. Yes, yes. Even uh, younger folks, you tell them, okay, do you, heard, you ever heard of someone's sources? Yes, because it's a development. It's a development. So uh, to go back to where it started, my father, uh, incredible, incredible musician, simple, humble. Uh, he used to play the mandolin, but he had the ability to play the mandolin, guitar, the bass. In, in, so I, I, I said, okay, I never had like the, an interest on on, uh, on on guitars. But one day he says, I got I got a, a, a little treat for you. I said, okay, fine, let's let's let's, let's do this. What did I? Well, first thing I thought, I said, okay, we're gonna see one of his friends. Uh, which they played great. The harmonies were incredible, incredible. And at that time, there was technology was not like uh, up to up to up to date. There were just like three microphones. So, who do we go see? We went to see Mr. Tito Puente. Yeah, Ernesto Tito Puente. Wow. He is the uh, the king of Latin music. Uh, why? So he was just playing in the hotel. Yes, uh, and it was my father, my mother, myself. I was young; must have been like fourteen, going on fifteen, and that was it. <laughs> I said, I dropped everything. I said, Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! This is great, great, great. He has a big band. Uh, we're talking about four trombones, three trumpets, two saxes. He plays the timbales. Timbales are, are like, uh, I would say, two two cans 
two cans, two nice cans with skins on it, and they're crafted. They're very well crafted because uh, they're metal. So you get an idea. They're metal, uh, and then they got two bells, which is the, the mumbo bell and the chacho bell. And then you, you got your sticks. They're more, they come from the, from, the, from the family of drums, but it's like playing two tom-toms itself. So he was playing this, and uh, he, had a, he also played marimba, and he played two numbers. That, that, that did it for me. I said, no, this is it. This is it. This is great. And uh, he introduced me. He says, I mean, like, this is like maybe coming to approach to one of the, your greatest, uh, greatest musical heroes. Not only Tito played, uh, that's why I respect, always respected Tito, because he not only played uh, uh, timbales, he played timbales, conga, bass, bangos, conga, uh, congas, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, he... He did the whole composition of the band, and he recorded before he died up to about 150, 120 records. That's why they call him King of uh, Salsa, because, okay, he's not only played the, the drums, the timbales, he could do an arrangement. So I told some of my friends, I said, hey, put it this way. If you could do all that, then I could go. But still, everybody came out of him. Mm. Everybody followed him because they follow uh, his patterns, and they respected him. He did a great to point there. And after that, I just went home, and the next thing you know, uh, my father buys me a pair of uh, timbales. <laughs> did you ask for them, or he just knew to get those? No, 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 no. He, I, he, I, I just told him, okay. He says, okay, so what do you think? I said, okay, uh, how about a pair of timbales? And... After that, it just triggered off. Got into uh, uh, now. What are uh, timbales? Are they drums? Timbales are okay. Uh, let's put it. Figure timbales are two as two, two, two timpanis. Because this goes back to 1937, and this all started in Cuba, in Cuba, 1937 more or less. The the timpanis, but imagine a timpani. What's a timpani? Like a, a timpani. Instruments that are played basically, and they they give you the the, the low and highs uh, with the skins in uh, uh, it's like a can in a, yeah in in the in the orchestra like a metal. <coughs> okay. It's uh, put skin. it this way, mm-hmm. right? There's like they get like what, is it, what kind of skin is it? Uh, uh, oh, at the beginning was cow skin. You have to mold it with heat mm. and bring it to to uh, to uh, to a size. Size 12, size 13, size 14. At that time, all drums, like the African drums, were done like that. They were cow done high. originally. So it was like a drum. Everything it's originally. Like cow high. Yes, yes, it's cow high. Okay. Yeah, only that to keep the, uh, the, uh, the timing and to keep, keep them from, from aging, they, at the beginning, they were wood and then they turned them okay. into... Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm sorry. So it creates they turn a crazy, them into you know, uh, sound. They have to cut them into uh, and they, uh, <coughs> they have to they have to uh, cut them into uh, into different sizes. But you have all sizes and timpanis you could tune, but they have 
I think it's A, F, T, R. The timbales, the solo, you turn them on to side. Only that, if you take, imagine the timpanis, you bring them to two smaller sizes. You have the primero and you have the segundo. Primero, primero, and segundo. And that, what you do is, which is a strange story, they used to play them back in Cuba. They call them paila, P-A-I-L-A, paila. You take them and uh, you tell them, okay, something's got to happen here. Let's give it a little, a little sabor, flavor. By accident, this guy had a cowbell from a cow. Give him some cowbell. A cowbell. Why they call it cowbell? Because it's from a cow. From a cow. So uh, he got a cowbell, and he just happened to put the cowbell from the cow in top of the timbal. And they got into, they got into, uh, there goes, there it goes. They got into, uh, this we're talking about 1930s. Uh, and we're going to go back to the club. This is another thing. This is where other music comes from. 3-2 or 2-3. Uh, he goes and they got into a, a little group and they started getting into a, a, a nice drum session. So he started playing. With that, and then the clave. They said, wait a minute, that sounds good. But I still like the clave. I said, wait a minute, we got something here. And the guy said, okay, why don't we put it somewhere? Put the clave, the cowbell, this is original. This clave right now, if it was still around, I don't know, this clave would be like $10,000, okay? And this was handmade. Clavers were handmade. handmade. Uh, 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 and they took the clave and they put it on the timbal. All of a sudden, after a while, what does it do? Oh, there it goes. Oh. Then next thing you know, the clave is on the timbal. Now, there it goes that. The clavis is which is the... Uh, the uh uh the two is the three two and the two three. Usually the Cuban rhythm is usually on the two three. And the other uh, rhythms are usually on which everybody knows that. But you'll be surprised. I think even life is on, if you think about it, think about it. It's it's on a clave. Even uh, the numbers that are played in different styles, rock, et cetera, et cetera, think about it because it's all, it's all timing. The clave is in there. Singing, you cannot do a number without clave. A person that doesn't have clave would have a problem. Clave is what? What do you mean by clave? Is that rhythm? Clave is the rhythm. Is the it's the rhythm. It's like, it's like, it's like, uh, for, for example, I'm going to use a number which everybody knows. Oye, como va? From Tiro Puente. Oye, como va? La mi ritmo gozar mulata. Okay? So how, how do you say clave in English? Clave. I say clave. Clave. C-L-A-V-E. Everybody knows it. 
And you see, the thing is, oye, como va? Mi ritmo, pero para gozar, mulata. And it all falls in there. And the thing is, all the dancers, that's what they use. Clave and the numbers. Clave is the basic. It's like the spinal cord of the music. Mm. That's what it is. And all, basically, basically, all rhythms. All genres of music. And all, and all, and all, and all, and clave, clave. So that's what it is. It's the clave. Clave is very, very uh, important. And if you want to have some fun, get any, any number, any number out there right now and start counting and you find out the clave is in there. It's in there and it's very interesting because there I found the clave. But if, if you don't have a clave, you have a problem. It's going to be a long night. You're going to be <laughs> out, out of town. You're going to be skidding all over <laughs> the place. I can't find my clave. People say, I still can't find my clave. Like I can't find my rhythm, you know? Mm. Yeah. Hey, watch this. And I could do one more. Let me see. Uh, yeah, it works like the look. Your arms, the look in the sky. Forget about it. I'm not a very good singer. But it's in there. Look, if you want to have it for fun, any number that you listen to, the clave has to be there. Otherwise, the coordinates are going to go everywhere. Everywhere. So the clave, and you need somebody to sing that thing. Okay. Right. Yes. That's why you have guys like Bobby McFerrin. Mm. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, incredible. Uh, that it's got that control. You could go out, out of the clave. Have friends that could go out of the clave, even playing congas and stuff, but you have to have the ability. That's where you know the uh, uh, the intellectually way of music around them, how they could go in. By McFerrin could go singing, he could come right back. And I have friends that I've played with professionally and they just look at me and they just go clave and I said, you better come back. And they come back. <laughs> you know Hector Laveau, right? Yes, sir. I knew Hector Laveau personally. No, personal. Great person. I miss him so much. That's yeah. the way, right? I miss him so much. <laughs> How is his voice? Like in real life. Oh. Oh, like in person. Oh, oh, like, oh. like how, how, how did it mesh well with the instruments and everything? You know, that's the movie uh, Mark Anthony J. Lo did. Yeah. The voice? El Cantante. Yeah, El Cantante. He, uh, Hector was, how should I say, uh, so, so incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented. Mm. Incredibly talented. To the point that at one point he didn't even know. He was just going, uh, uh, he didn't know what he had. Wow. Actually, from what I, I talked and we were very good friends. How long you uh, know him uh, for? Oh, for a while, a, a long time, a long mm -hmm. time. Since he was young. Because the thing is that 
We were both slim. So he told me, okay, which of us is slimmer? I said, okay, let's say I'm a skeleton. Why are you? He says, oh, I'm probably going to win somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> and, but he had an incredible humor, incredible humor. And uh, 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 he was just like a natural. That's the, that's the problem, yeah. which I always had. He was such a natural. See, this is the thing about singing, especially salsa. Uh, you have you gotta have that talent. It's not like it just you're gonna read something and you're gonna do it. This is on the spot. This is on the spot uh, uh, situation, and he'll walk in the door, and I'll I will say, uh, Hector, I'm gonna sing or so. I'm sorry, but. I was amazed. There's not many people that could do that. I know them personally, friends of mine that could do that. But Hector, why they call Hector the singer of singers? Because he's and every the other singers respected him for that. He could uh, uh this and I'm, I'm trying to come up with the right word for this. He had the it factor. Right, right. Is he would just walk in the door and you tell him uh Hector Carolina, and he'll say, Carolina, it's like a rap, a rap, but better than a, a like a, a rap type thing, because mm -hmm. that's like more or less like a, a follow up to a, co a coordinates, and he could be there for about half an hour singing about it, and you say, how did he get there, and and without no no hesitation. He would just go there. Carolina la bonita que se quiero, but not like that. And and you know, right. uh, and I can't remember exactly which one. He did with like a buttery voice though. Right, just right, right, soothing. right, right. So let me ask you a question. Right. Hector and I love them both. But they also say the same thing about Frank Sinatra. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like both of them. Oh no, no, they would have they would have difference. Is there a difference? There there would be they would have uh, uh, had a great time because Hector could adapt to anybody. Mm. Hector could adapt. He was a chameleon. Right, right, right. He could adapt. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, Frank Sinatra could have sang, I want to be around. I mean, uh, Tony Bennett. Let's say Tony Bennett. And Hector would say, Yo quiero estar contigo en este momento. Oh. Porque, porque la vida me trae en un asunto de esto. Porque yo seré, porque cuando tú estás, yo no sé si me envuelvo en que yo y en esto, pero tú sabrás que yo seré para ti dentro de esto. He would do it. They would automatic. And Hector had the ability. And he never, like, got that grandeur thing of, excuse me, uh, I'm Hector La Voz. It was just simple. They just built them up. The, 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 the singer of singers. He was so humble. He had a great sense of, of, uh, of, uh, uh, of, uh, of knowing where he was going. His humor was incredible. And he, he sang, he learned a lot from 
the, there's a thing, uh, which I can't remember right now, that they do in Puerto Rico, that it's, you just sit down and sing. Sing and coordinate. Coordinate. I'm, I'll come up with it in a minute. And uh, I wish my friends was here. He would, he would just sing it out. And he will, will be with them, and he would just do it. He would just do it. He would just do it, and you it sounds just... Sounds like a freestyle session. Yeah, yeah. And you just, all you have to do is, that the talent that he had is incredible to this point that all you have to do is give him a, give him a name, a phrase. Yeah, like a freestyle. Give him a phrase, and he would just continue on and Perfected. on. Right, right. He would make it his own. <clears throat> right. He would continue on and on. Right, 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 right. Why do you think, um, what does Mark <laughs> Anthony do for you to stay so relevant? Mark, does Mark has the it factor? Of course he does. Mm. But, but what, is it, what is it about him that keeps him relevant to this day and age? Mark, no concert like Mark, Mark used to do... Was uh, phenomenal? Yeah. Mark got it. Mark, yeah. yes. Mark, Mark, like Hector, Mark has a gift. This is a gift. Uh, a gift. Uh, uh. And I'm still looking for that word that is, is used, especially if anybody goes to Puerto Rican Christmas and listen to the people sing, that's a gift. They're right there. That's it. They just got that's it. That's it. They just got it. Just got you it. tell them, give them a word, and they'll just continue on and on and on, and, and they'll just pick out, and you'll stay with you. Uh, you're like, what? They said, uh, and Mark is uh, very good. I meant Mark. And uh, I was saying the late, late '80s when he came out with his with his first with his first album. That first and, album is right. Uh, oh. uh, he came out with his first album. Uh, he comes from a, he comes from a, a, a very very respectable his father, uh, very respectable uh, music musical background. He's got it. He's, he's just he says talent is there. He's got an incredible pitch. He's very, uh, how should I say, he puts it all into, he gets involved. With, he with, gives it his all. Right, with, with, the, with, the, with the song. Mm. He'll get, he'll get the, 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 the... It's like he's crying almost. Right, he'll get the, 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 the song, the lyrics, and he's there for the song. Passionate. He'll do it, do it. He'll, he'll get involved. He'll get involved. He's got a great sense of rhythm. He knows exactly where to go. He knows how to bounce between salsa, like I would say, like rock, and oh, he's got it's a little bit of everybody, mm. everybody, and and I'm still looking for that other word which I'm gonna come with, which that it separates the singers from the non-singers, and and all the you know and all the all the system, uh, and uh, he I I believe that. He's he's not only now, but he will still continue to uh, be successful in what he's doing because to him there's no barriers. He's great. His his uh, timbre, T I M B R timbre, which is is what you have in your throat. He mm -hmm. could just stay there. He could just stay. I got the word. The word is called improvisar. Yeah, improvisar. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. give him a, 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 you 
You're, if you know, if you want to know a singer, to know a singer, like for, I'm a mention, friends of mine, Alberto Santa Rosa, Tito Nieves, uh, Domingo Quiñones, Milo Ruiz, uh, Andy Montañez, mm. Oscar de León, these mm. guys, Victor Manuel, give them a word. Tell them, okay, mira, uh, for, for example, eh? Mi Casa. He'll, they'll take that and they'll involve it in a real nice, mellow, mellow environment. And they'll sing it to you. Mi casa this, mi casa that, mi casa this, mi casa that. That's crazy. And another guy, which I'm going to mention, great friend of mine, uh, 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 may God bless him, Cano uh, Tremera, I believe one of the best. Cano Tremera used to sing a number, used to call La Boda de Ella Tiene Que Ser La Mejor. People in the Latin environment know what that number is. It's about a wedding, about a girl. I saw Kenneth Tremera. He was with me in New York. He sang 23 verses of La Boda de Ella without repeating. Now, that, wow. is, that is something. Mm. That is not easy. 23 verses of La Boda de Ella. Yeah, it's like free, improvisar means freestyle. Improvisar, yeah. But I was saying that it's crazy how that translates into like hip-hop. Yes. Because I remember being in studios. Right, 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 and right. And be like, if you really can't freestyle, right. it's kind of like, eh. But right. like the best freestyle artists are considered the ones that could do it on the spot. You right. I mean? It's on the spot. I'll give everyone you says it. I'll give you a word. Right. And like, you just continue. Everyone says it. Jay, you give Jay a topic in a half an hour with no pen and pad. He's like, let's do it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So I guess that's where he's. Yeah, it's the connection. Yeah, it's that's that, like God-like, that, bro. That's, it's a, it's that, like you got it. It's a God born with it's that. It's a God that a, a God talent, given talent. It's just, but Hector, Hector was like that. Hector, uh, for example, uh, he's got a number, uh, which is. I'm not going to promote this, but eventually Hector on the past, he used to play with a band, and they used to do Christmas. Christmas uh, 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 music, and that's where a lot of improvising comes in. Because believe me, I know about that. <laughs> My friends do a lot of that with the guitars and stuff. You will give this a couple of numbers on these different albums that Hector just goes and he just goes on and on. And people say, How do you do this? But it's automatic, it's the talent. And it's incredible to see. My eyes used to get teary. How do you do this? And to him, he didn't get like, okay, okay, so I'm here for the fun of it. So what's next? Let's go eat or let's go drink. I don't care. It's fine. And then while we're eating, somebody will say something, says, and he'll just start right there again, all over again. Blah, 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 blah. Incredible. It was all like a creative space. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just a talent. It's just a talent. It's just great. This is, we're talking about 1970s. So let me ask you around that time, if you don't mind. Um, how was the nightlife? Oh, boy. Because <laughs> you're around all these, you know, uh, and you're, you're a musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, these yeah. are all your buddies. Like, how was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to New York. New York, New York. Let's go to the 70s. New York. Ah. New York in the 70s. As a musician, there were times that I used to play like, Three times a night in the night, 
three times. We're talking about running from one place, nine to 11. We leave there. You leave 11. Then you go from there to another place, 11 to 2. And then you go to an after hour. I mean, we're talking about three or four times, three or four nights, three or four nights a week, three or four nights a week. Especially, now I'm going to promote this because I was in the Bronx at that time. I mean, I was living in Manhattan, but basically they had, in the Bronx alone, they had like 20 clubs, mm. 20 clubs, really? okay? 20 clubs. Manhattan had like about 15 or 20. Uh, Staten Island, Queens, everybody in the 70s had clubs. It was a boom. That was what it was. It was a boom. Which, you know, you're talking about salsa, which was uh, the big the big thing at the time, and Boogaloo, and Boogaloo. And we would go from, like, Manhattan to the Bronx to Staten Island. And then there were times, which I still, I can forget this one. I went from Manhattan to Staten Island to the Bronx to go to Bay Mountain on a boat ride at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's incredible. It's incredible. But what? But I'm lost already. If you wanted, if you wanted to have, because uh, 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 now that time, not everybody uh, wanted to do this, but a lot of people wanted to get into the mood, what they call the scene. You want to get into the scene now? You say, oh man, you know, I remember people used to go out. They used to work all day. Pop, 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 pop. Getting to get dressed. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. It's seven o'clock. I'm going to go to Bonnie Googles. It's 86 feet. From Bonnie Googles, we run. We go to Col Cabo Rojeño, the Bronx. They, they finish there. We go to the other place. And then from there, we, if you got a car, we go to Palladium, which was the mecca. Palladium was the mecca. That was like the biggest? That was the biggest, Palladium. What was that I mean? Palladium was on 53rd Street right in front of the Ed Sullivan show. Wow. It's crazy that you remember this. The biggest, the biggest Latin bands were in the Palladium. Tito Puente, Joe Cuba, Tito Rodriguez. Uh, Orquesta Broadway at that time. Uh, Machito, the big bands. It was all big bands, big bands at that time. And uh, everybody wanted to dance salsa. Salsa, which is a great, a great, a great, a great uh, uh, sound. And, uh, uh, they had Charlie Palmieri, they had Eric Palmieri, they had Joe Quijano, they had Fajaldo. Uh, but at that time, it was by ranks. The first eight, 19, early 1970s was the Charanga and the Pachanga, which was Charlie Palmieri. Palmieri. Uh, then they had a couple of, of other groups, but it was with the violence, and uh, uh, people were just like incredibly involved in how to get to this. See, in other words, this was a thing that would separate the elite. Okay, so, okay, so I'm in the scene, you know. Okay, so oh, I'm going to be in the Palladium. But the Palladium was like, I was, I would not say so, but Palladium was like, you got the Palladium and then you got City 54. I mean, you're like, City 54, you got George Travolta, but in the Palladium, we got Eddie Primary, but that's cool. Oh. That's cool with Tito Puente. Right, right, right. I'm dancing, I'm dancing salsa. 
So they say, you know how to dance salsa? You have the Ray Barreto. You have uh, uh, all these folks that cool. are there. And uh, uh, you say to yourself, wow, uh, how are we going to do this? But Palladium was easy to get to then Studio 54. They had like the elite crowd, mm -hmm. like the A-list. The A-list, you know, Russ Stewart and uh, Paul McCartney and so-and-so and so-and-so. Uh, Michael Jackson and, and everybody's just walking around. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you go in there, you bump into Michael Jackson, you bump into uh, uh, Russ Stewart, into uh, 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 guys from Blessed and Tears, guys from uh, uh, Journey, maybe uh, Jimi Hendrix that were there. You know, you go to Palladium, there you are, Ciro Puente. Just Puente, the Latin Puente. version. Right. And then the Palladium, you had to have clave. You had to have that. Otherwise, it would be a problem. But at that time, there were instructors. And they would take you there. They would take you there. And uh, there was a guy by the name of Pete. Pete, uh, I can't remember his name exactly. And uh, Pete, Pete, Pete. But Pete, uh, Pete was very good. Pete, I had a friend also uh, that used to uh, be one of the incredible dancers in there. And uh, they were great. They were great. And they would have like the, the big bands, like I mentioned before, the big ones that everybody wanted to see. Is This was like every other week. Tito Puente, Tito Rodriguez, and Machido Band. The Machido Band. And uh, they were like Afro... Cuban, uh, Cuban rhythms, and you would just go there and enjoy yourself. Once you come out of there, you come out with that satisfaction, like, I danced on the good salsa. Because mm -hmm. it was like an exercise. The rhythms, the movement, it was incredible, incredible, the palladium. I was there, uh, my cousin took me when I was like 16. <laughs> 16, he knew the bouncer, the bouncer said, well, uh, okay, no problem. We'll work something out. And it was a closing night. As a matter of fact, I think it was Tito Puente, correct me on this, Tito Puente, uh, uh, Broadway in Joe Cuba at that time. Yeah, Joe Cuba, the Pito. <laughs> I want to go back to Georgia. I want to go back. That number was big. That number was big. That number was very big. So the thing is, you tell somebody at work the next day that you went to the Palladium, you're, on this, you're, on this, uh, on, you're the big guy. You say, wow, I'm going to stay away from you. Mm. I'm going to stay away from you. You're elite. You're a celebrity. <laughs> Make separate yourself. Makes yes, up all those movies yes, back then were like. Because not everybody, not everybody uh, 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 will go to the Palladium and enjoy. What, what was the movie with? Um, it was all similar to that. The one with uh, not Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Uh, you're, you're not talking about that. Remember, it was like it was like Mambo nightlife Kings? Spanish clubs. Mambo King. He was a gangster. Oh yeah, Scarface. Yes, yeah, Scarface. Scarface. Oh, he was in New York. He was in New York. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe Mambo Kings. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, it's all around that era. It's all around that era. Godfather? Not the Godfather. Why am I forgetting? Al Pacino? Al Pacino. Yeah. Al Pacino. Yeah, it was Al Pacino. It was Al Pacino. I guess it was Scarface. But that was that was actually in Miami, though. But it, it was Salsa. That's what the, that was answering. Though. No. Definitely. It's the one in the Bronx. Al Pacino? Yeah. Is sure? right now? Sure? Yeah, it wasn't Robert De Niro. Oh, oh. Mm -hmm. Chichi, you get the... No, no, that's... Bronxdale? No. no okay, that. Yeah, Bronxdale, uh, no. Casino. Um, casino. Uh, not Casino. Uh, I guarantee as soon as you pull it up, you're going to be like, oh! <laughs> with, Rob, with Robert De Niro? No, it was Al Pacino. Al Pacino. He was in love with the chick. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Homie, 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 um, Wangu's mom was in that joint. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, it was all around that time. Um, um, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I got it, I got it. Who was his lawyer? I think I got it. Sean Penn was his lawyer. I think I got it, I think I got it. Carlitos Way. Carlitos Way. Carlitos Way. You know why? Because my friend was there in the part where where Al Pacino comes down and then they got John Leguizamo. Yeah, in that movie yeah, or so. Yeah, he set him so up. So my friend, Bronx. my friend is, is dancing, yeah. and my friend used to dance like, like in, baby, in, in all these all these other clubs. Movie. And I said, "Papi, you came out in that movie, right?" I said, "Yeah, I was in that movie." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> Carlitos yeah, way, Carlitos way." Yeah, there he goes. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Carlitos. Yeah, yeah. Carlitos. That was that whole. Carlitos, Carlitos you're talking about. diapers, Carlitos. Yeah. yeah. The whole ever you talking about is. Yeah. yeah. Yes, to remember. Yeah, that's wow. Carlitos Way, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow, so, oh, man, music is, is embedded in you from the beginning. It's it's it's, it's universal, man. It's so, so many stories, so many stories. Uh, uh, he was telling me about when he went down to uh, Jimi Hendrix's studio. Oh, no, that's crazy. Yo. The Jimi Hendrix, the Jimi Hendrix experience, I went to... It's uh, an experience. I went down to a, a part of the studio. Here I am. I have to play on a Saturday. So I go on a Friday. Jimmy's playing on a Saturday in the Phil Forum. That's that's when he came out with a, a, I think like maybe the first, second time he came to to Madison. They had the Phil Forum, which has a rotunda. It goes around. But it's so slow mm. that you can so 360 degrees, great. And uh, I ha I need some skins and maybe a bell. We were doing like three day thing. Matter of fact, I think I was going to Puerto Rico. So I said, okay, let me get this because I don't know what they have over there. Even though Puerto Rico, they had the original stuff, but I wanted to get, I want to be ready because we had to go play. So I said, okay, fine. Let me uh, uh, do this. So I went to this. I'm not going to mention names. Biggest store in, to tell the truth, 40th Street. <laughs> Music in Manhattan. I mean, you go there, there were all the pictures of everybody. You could go by Keith Richards. You could go by, like, uh, uh, anybody. Anybody. Uh, guys from Yes, the keyboard. I said, wait a minute, ain't you? Yes, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I said, wow, great. Like nothing, just like. And uh, um, I went up. I go upstairs, 
and I'm look I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking for for what I need, which is the skin for my drums. So I'm, I got very I might be 2020, but hey, studio wise, I could hear you. I could hear a pin a mile away. So I said, wait a minute, why are you playing purple crutch drums? There's only one person that I know that play purple. It's Mitch Mitchell from from Jimi Hendrix, and he had he had his back to me. So I look, and he looked at me, and he stopped, he came out, and he says, Chap, how are you? I said, uh, can I ask you a question? I know, but I just wanted to be courteous. Mitch Mitchell said, yes. I said, wow, this is incredible. I mean, hey, it's, you know, the drums, great. Blah, blah. And he said, he asked me, so what are you doing tomorrow night? I told him, I don't have really anything. I had, to, I had to play. <laughs> I had to play. He says, well, here he goes. He goes, Chap. He gave me two tickets to the uh, Madison Square Garden, the Rotunda, Jimi Hendrix Experience, wow. with Noah Harris, no, no, Harris, the, the bass player. I said, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Front seat, Mamma Mia. He had a whole bunch of tickets in so I go, I call my friend, I said, what are you doing tomorrow? He said, come on, I got something for you. He used to love Hendrix. I mean, you know, the, the music and all that. We went to all that, all that good stuff. Cream and other groups. Uh, Led Zeppelin, Paul Butterfield's blues band. So he says, okay, we go there. To our surprise, we just go right in and sit down. They light up the place. And, uh, uh we are like about, I would say about, where our, from our seats, we're like about 15, 20 feet the most from the rotunda. This guy's got like 15 marshals one side, 15 marshals on the other side, and the drums are in the middle. Marshals are the middle. Lights came down. Lights came, I mean, every marshal is like 100 watts, if I'm not mistaken. 100 watts. I'm sorry. I mean, 100 it's watts. 15 of them. 15 of them. Hello. So, okay, I mean, correct me, guys. You're that in electronics, things have changed. But at that time, it was loud. Hello, loud with macro capital. Mm. And guys came down. He comes up and says, Jimi Hendrix comes and says, Oh, how you doing? He did a little thing. He says, Okay, we got a number here, that number that we've been. Bang, bing, bang, bing, bang. Went, went. When the whole band comes in, my shirt, it was summertime, my shirt started fluffing, fluffing, fluffing. You know what it said? In the speaker. 15, one side, 15 the other. That's it. That was it. Those are, yeah, from the speakers, right? Look at that. Those are Marshall speakers. Marshalls. Look at, look at that. Look at that. Next level. 15. 15, 15 for, for, for Jimmy and 15 for for uh, 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 Noah Harrison. So this was incredible. I mean, there was just just uh, uh, a thing that is unbelievable. I mean, my friend came out there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might be lying now, but he came on Monday. He told me, you know what, man? <laughs> my ears are still ringing. <laughs> on still Monday, from, from the Saturday, still ringing. I had, to, I had to walk him out. I had to walk him out because he was like stunned, like, 
watt. But but 15 watt, 15 uh, uh, marshals and 15 marshals. That's wild. Yeah, That's wild. 15 marshals, though. Yeah. Not the guy. Things that happen during podcasts. <laughs> Yeah. Now, this is dope. I mean, that's crazy that, like, you have two clubs, right? You have two clubs. One, you have, you know, Palladium, and these are these superstars, you know, like, Latin artists. And then in the other one, you have these other artists. Yeah. And then they go to the store, they pass each other. They're like, hey, man, what's up? Yeah. No, but the money, the money's different, though. But I, I, it's it's crazy because the kind of clubs that they were they were trying to create were the clubs that were in those areas, because the music and the sound, like you know what I'm saying. So I loved it. I I miss those things too because the clubs, like you said, so like the Palladium. What he's saying is, is that in order for them to, if if everybody in the club is doing kind of the same thing, so if everybody's in the disco. They're not listening to the kind of music that they're not realizing is going to be the next wave. The next wave. So it takes for those people to say, let me go check out what's going on over here because right. I'm missing. I see this. Everybody's turned up and having a good time, but they're missing the part that, yeah, this is the new, this is the sound, this is right. the new wave, this is the new energy. It's taking over everything. Thank you. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, what hip hop did. Not only that, but when the South literally came in with their sound. You know, everybody was occupied with their sounds and things they were doing. I don't want to get into into uh, discussion with that, but when the boogaloo started, uh, when the boogaloo started, no, don't, 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 don't get that. No, no, don't, don't, no, no. <laughs> when the boogaloo started, the guys that started the whole thing was uh, a weekend right after them. Uh, the was it Sugar Hill Gang? Mm-hmm. They was the one that started all that, all that, all that. I have a, a magazine that my wife got me, and they're there. And there was some other guys, which I never heard of, that they're there too. That you know, that's when the whole thing started. Mm-hmm. You know, that they used to do in the street, do like you know, mixing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But before Sugar Hill, but Sugar Hill was the one that really put a dum dum, and then. If you connect that to remember, oh, our record, I'm starting to come back. The record that we did that really did our, our first hit, but the thing was we modified it, was Curtis Mayfield. Mm-hmm. If you listen to, uh, can you bring up Curtis Mayfield, uh, Gypsy Woman? What we did was we, we modified it. We just made it Spanish. Yeah, and we made it Spanish. And then it crossed over. Mm-hmm. But he knew. He knew what we were doing. He says, no, let's open it up to everybody. And that was the number one hit. We yes. got to go records for that. Mm. Yes, you have it. Home. And the people are like, oh, man, this is crazy. Because it should be for everybody. Anytime my, you do anything creative. The bass player was my cousin. He was 14 years old. 14 years old? 14? What are you, uh, you, you doing at 1 o'clock in the morning? But he would say, Louis, 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 Louis. 
I used to ask the mother, I said, Mommy, he's going to come with me. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go. 14 years old. We got it. And I was the youngest, actually. No, I was the oldest. Joe was 24. Check this out. Joe was 24, and I was 19. And all the, the rest of the guys were like 23, 22, 13, or 14. Wow. <laughs> that was the band. And we were number one. We In 1969, we got the best AS, AS. My friend said, yeah, SPCA, the dogs. I said, no, puppy, shut up. ASPCA. Mm. That was the uh, recording we got for the best uh, uh, young group of the year. That's crazy. They, 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 watch this. They, the picked, the, they picked us up. What's they, the name of the group? Uh, which one? The young group. Jopatan? You talking about the Jopatan? Uh, no, no. So you could, so you could, uh, 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 oh, you, you already got, uh, oh, no, Jopatan at that time. Uh, yeah. Uh, Best award for best for best young group, uh, best uh, best uh, best. Uh, what's that? What's that? We had a from from them. We had, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they they at that time, you know, when you when you would go, we went to Jenny Masucci's house. He used to have a. a apartment in, in uh, Fifth Avenue. That's where he started making all the money from Fania. That's why when you go like, and the light will go on, and we came in, we all got in, 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 in uh, look at this. I'm like, okay, great. To us, it was like, it was fun. We didn't realize what we were. Yeah, because I was young. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my, my cousin says, bro, what's going on? We're going to a party? I said, yeah, 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 I think so. Now, watch this. We came down. We had two limos. We went to the Riverside. At that time, Riverside was like, excuse me. We had like three tables. Three tables. Champagne, caviar. And at that time, the best bands in Latin music, and Latin, because we're Boogaloo, we're not like Latin, we're Boogaloo. We play Latin, but it was Tito Puente, Ricardo Rey, and Eddie Palmieri. They were open up for us. Oh, wow. Seriously? They were opening up for us. They said, and, and you see, I think I have the poster. Uh, tribute to the best band uh, of, of 1968, so and so and so. Tito Puente, Eric Polieri, and uh, Ricardo Rey, and then there we are. That's right. You keep saying, like, before we, uh, what's the difference between Boogaloo, Salsa, Charanga, Mambo? Cause they, to us, it's all salsa. Uh, but what no, is what is no, the no, difference? No no no. no, 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 no. See, there's always been, there's always been, yeah, yeah. There, there's always been a a, a situation, a, a controversy. No, it's not. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. Yeah, it's not a. It's not actually. It's not actually. Uh, a situation is a controversy as of what is salsa. Everybody's got their own definition or definition. And to this day, <laughs> I guess they're still looking to see what salsa is. Because salsa actually is like it's like the the sauce that you put on 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 
on some different foods to make it spicy. No. So now, whatever it is, you're going to try to make it spicy. I'm going to say something, but I don't want it to be uh, a statement that creates a, 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 a situation. Now, a long time ago, uh, there was a gentleman that he had his band. He came in, we're talking about 1950s. And he wanted, his band is playing. He had a show band. And he says, okay, why don't we do the following? Why don't we do fun? Why don't we put a little bit of the sauce on this? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Ding, 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 Keep it, keep it lively. Let's put a little salsa on this. Oh. Kind of cream it up. Wow. Because salsa spices up the food. Wow. Okay. His name is Perez Prado. So that's where that came from? Perez Prado. Uh, and if you look it up, good. Uh, and after that, things started kind of moving different, different ways. But... Is the thing is, is is the energy and the movement that you put into into the the the, the, uh, the music is salsa is like the energy. Come on, let's put some salsa in this. Right. Let's let's wow. let's let's marinate it. Let's let's go. Come on. Why is it so like? Okay. Yeah. The moment he thought it was bland, so he's like, get it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get some salsa. But Mr. Perez Prado told him, come on, man. Let's put some sauce into this. And they move, they move, they move, they move, they move. So that's where it all comes from. Wow. I don't care if, if anybody's got any though. other version. It kind of okay? makes sense. But that's last thing I heard. Now, if it makes sense, if it works for them, make for you, fine. And uh, uh, Charanga, no, Charanga's. This this is from the from the Cuban the Cuban uh, side. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's a movement from the Cuban side. From the Cuban side, this got a long. We could be here for three days on this one, mm -hmm. but uh, charanga. It's 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 a uh, uh, charanga comes from yeah cool. yeah. If if uh, uh, if you want to know about charanga, actually you just listen to a group called. Uh, Orquesta Aragón, Orquesta Aragón, Orquesta Aragón. There are, I believe, the kings, like Tito Puente is the king of Mambo. Aragón is like, they were like the king, and they're still around. We're talking about like 60 years, the kings of the, the, the Charanga. That's the guys. Boogaloo was something that was created in the 70s. There was a couple of bond, uh, uh, bands involved. It's just, it was a movement between salsa and, and like more or less like rock and roll type thing. Uh, the swath of it. Uh, we were, and if you want to hear names, Joe Batan, uh, Willie Colon, Kinando, uh, my friends in the Swing Sextet, uh, Piconde, Piconde, which uh, had a, a number that was uh, a, a number that was very number that was very uh, popular at that time. It was called "I Like It Like That." I like it like uh, yeah, that. so that established 
But that was that was a, a, a form of dancing and a form of of movement that lasted for a while. After a while, after that, then other things came in. After things, but uh, salsa, charanga, the same thing. You know, it's like it's it was eras. Got it. 60s, 70s. Then in between 80 and 90, we got this thing called Salsa Monga. Salsa Monga is, is like salsa and ballads. Mm. Now the guys are like uh, singing, a number of them are great, great, great. But they're singing the salsa more or less like in ballads. But danceable, danceable. And then it goes down. Keeps going down, nineties, two thousands, and then that, then comes the reggaeton, and that's where it all ended. <laughs> yes, reggaeton. That's where it all ended. That's where it ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, can you this? Yeah, Perrero. Okay, that, that that was it then. That was it then. That was what do you What do you tell any uh, aspiring uh, musician out there? What do you tell them if they if they do want to pursue this? Well, actually, uh, things have changed. Things have changed because uh, in the early, to make a long story short, and I've seen it in the early '60s, I would say '50s, uh, '50s. A lot of musicians didn't have any any uh, uh, professional guidance or. Uh, any way of uh, going about pursuing a career, like okay, what am, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna? Can I sing? Can I play guitar? Nowadays, with uh, new systems, the media, the devices, the teaching, basically, ninety percent of, of of people out there are, including percussionists. Everybody reads music. Everybody, all percussionists, read music. Even for clave, it's some music. Look it up in the different uh, uh, areas, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they will show you how to play clave. They show you how to play guido. They show you how to play maracas. So now is way easier, but still, you gotta have that clave feeling to go about it. Otherwise, you're going the next direction. But it's interesting. It's fun. Uh, some people have more talent than others. And some people could get a nice career out of it. And just and then some natural, there's some natural folks out there that would just come out and surprise everybody. Like, for, for example, I'm mentioning a name. There's a young lady, just won a, a Grammy, jazz. Everybody's uh, like, Saying, like, how does she do it? And she's there. Why? It's the talent. The talent is there. You could do it. You could do it. If you put your heart to it, you go out there, you want to play guitar, you get a manual, there's YouTube, and you, you enjoy yourself. You don't have to be a professional. <laughs> don't, 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 don't go crazy. Oh, enjoy yourself. And you never know. Hey, I just might throw a contract on you. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I love it. That was awesome. Thank you for the uh, the memories. That's awesome. It's good to know. So, any shout outs you want to give to people? Uh, 
Remember, music is universal. And what message you want to leave for the, for the people, the inspiring artists? Uh, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Uh, sit down. Sit down. Take a minute. Take a minute. Uh, look into more or less what is it that, because music is broken down in, in many, many categories. Look into more or less what is it you want to do. You want to do jazz, which is impro. You want to do rock. You want to do classical. You want to do Latin. You want to do any other type. Look into, but go back to history and see the, the way those people develop into what they are now. And maybe one of them might inspire you. See, this, this is all a matter of being inspired into what you want to do. You want to put your heart and soul, and you never know, you might have it. It's been there all the time. It's been there all the time. But go back. Okay, you might be a uh, Miles Davis. You might be a uh, uh, Betty Carter. You might be a uh, uh, Chick Corea. Okay, you might be a Frank Sinatra, and you don't even know it. Okay, it's not a matter of singing in the shower now. Just go out there. It's all inspiration. Just sit. Okay, what is it? And don't don't think about what is, I would like to be like so-and-so. No, no, that doesn't work. It's you. You go out. Remember, you're very, there's very a lot of competition out there. It's very competitive. The streamlining, uh, 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 they're doing all this. Uh, instruments are being replaced by electronics, etc. Go out there and do it. And do it. It doesn't matter. You could be 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. It matter. You could be like me. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm still young anyway. So. <laughs> but, but still, right, right, still, but still, young and hard and young in the music. But remember, it's an inspiration. It's how you feel you want to go about it. What is it you want to do? You want to be a singer? You want to be a guitar player, a bass player? Anything you want. And you never know. Y'all enjoy it. Your friends enjoy it. And your family will enjoy it. And then you get back to me and say, wow, thank you very much. Perfect. <laughs> That's right. Peace and love, man. Triple C. Thank you. Blessed are the peacemakers. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank the one and only Mr. Eddie Nader for coming in, sharing his life's work of being a musician. Broke it down from the beginning. We talk about the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. <laughs> like, he can still go in. But we got to have him back on for another episode. But we appreciate his time for coming out and just, listen, building with us. Giving us inspiration on music. Yeah. And, and the beginnings, where it came from. And where it's going. It's a lot. It's a lot to unravel. There's layers to this. But this is what we bring to the table, man. Phenomenal human beings. With phenomenal past and life experiences. We appreciate you. We love you. Some of that comes podcast. Stay safe. Tune in. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We love you all. Be easy. Peace out. That's great, great. Yeah, make sure, make sure that.
opinions expressed on the Silverback Chronicles podcast are those of the hosts, producers, and or the guest appearing on the program. They do not reflect the views and opinions of the federal, state, or local government. This includes but not exclusive to the Department of Defense, Homeland, and the Baltimore City Police Department. The Silverback Chronicles podcast with Dre, Big H, and Triple C. Hit the subscribe button, like, and comment.